Praise God. So, Good Friday. You really can't get the, the real depth of meaning of Good Friday without looking back a day and looking at that Thursday of that momentous week. Prior to this, Jesus said this in John 12. He said, now, my soul is deeply troubled. Should I pray, Father, save me from this hour? But this is the very reason I came. Jesus' words in Matthew 26, 38 surprises us, perhaps. As we read, then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Jesus is now in the Garden of Gethsemane, has three of his disciples with him. And in English, we see this word sorrow, and and it's not a very good translation of the word. Sorrow, you know, you can be sad over a, a movie that you watch or, or, you know, a song that you're singing. But this word actually is better interpreted anguish. This is what more closely des- describes what Jesus is going through right at that moment. Now, anguish is something that we can experience, and it normally is when a tragedy occurs, usually something very close to home for us, like perhaps we lose a loved one, or we have some pain or some sadness that is so strong that we can't even imagine getting through it. See, Jesus' words to his disciples, stay here and keep watch with me, they can almost sound like a command, but in reality... As you read this whole chapter, as you see what's going on, it's actually more of a plea. You see, God, in the form of Jesus, not only wants them with him, at that moment he needs them with him. You know, it's words like this from Jesus that help us to see his true humanity. He experienced the same weaknesses, the same limitations, the same temptations that we do. We know without sin, but he experienced them. Why? Well, because he was truly God, but he was also truly man. And this is what the Bible tells us in Philippians 2, a scripture we know well. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal, as a criminal's death on the cross. You see, Jesus lived as one of us, not like one of us, not pretending to be one of us, but as one of us. You know, we know from the other Gospels that he will go deeply into anguish and distress, and he will actually be so distressed that he will sweat tears of blood, sweat drops of blood. See, he knows the depths that our spirits can plunge to because he was there himself. You know, he leaves his three disciples just distances away and he falls to the ground, demonstrating the complete submission to his father as he is about to pray. He knows the cross is coming. He knows the suffering he will have to experience and that he must face alone. But at this moment, he truly hopes 
there is some other way. How else could we interpret these words from Matthew 26? He went on a little further, bowed his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. It is a brief moment, quickly followed by, yet not my will, but yours be done. And we know that Jesus did go on, in fact, to go to the cross and complete the plan that God had for him. But since that statement is so brief, we might be tempted to overlook it. But that's our loss if we do that. For in hearing these words, we find that we have a Savior who is 100% human at that moment. So much so that he even hesitates to go through something that he has not long before previously said was the main reason he came to earth. So we celebrate Good Friday. We can learn from this when we face enormous issues in our lives. When we're tempted to waver, we know that that can be a very natural reaction. But like Jesus, we can pray to God for the strength to go on and to complete the task that he has called us to complete. You know, as we read the word, as we put ourselves into that word, you know, we've walked with Jesus in the wilderness. We've climbed mountains with him. We've eaten by the sea. We've watched him clear the temple. But in all these places... Jesus' father was with him. But at this moment, on this Friday, he is going to go someplace where his father cannot follow him. The chief judgment of God against sin is a withdrawal from those who sin. When his people, Israel, failed, as they did many times, he just withdrew from them, leaving them to the consequences of their sin. Jesus, in taking the judgment for your sin and my sin upon himself, knows that he is about to be forsaken by his father, a father he has been one with for all eternity. In Mark 15, 34, one of Jesus' last words, he cries out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why? Have you forsaken me, abandoned me? It's impossible for us as human beings to imagine how Jesus feels at that moment. We can only sit back and give amazing thanks that he would be willing to bring this, not only our sins, but this separation from his father upon himself. And grateful for a father that would allow his only son to be beaten and crucified for you and for me. You know, sometimes, I don't know about you, but I I have to kind of try and come up with something that would help me to realize a little better what this is like. So I have a son, and and some of the, the time that I can imagine this the most is I picture him going through the same thing that Jesus did, and I'm watching And I know he's going through it for people or for situations that could care less about him. And when I picture that, I just, I can't even tell you how I feel I would be in that moment. 
And yet here is the God of all creation with his only son that had never sinned and watching this go on, knowing that he cannot partake at that moment with him. Back in the garden, when he's ready, he comes back to his disciples, rousing them from sleep. He prepares them to meet the angry mob that is right now standing at the gate of the garden. And when we read what happens next, we know that Jesus does, in fact, carry through on everything that he was supposed to do, everything that he came to earth to do. We watch our Savior allow himself to be humiliated, to be beaten, cursed, whipped. We see the Savior of the world march to a cross like the worst of criminals. The cross was the ultimate battleground ever since Adam fell in the garden and that sacrificial lamb that that God the Father slew to cover Adam and Eve, a, a, a helpless lamb that had never done anything wrong as a type of Jesus to come. It was at that cross that Satan was finally defeated. Things would now go the other way, leading to our eternally being able to live with our Father, which is exactly how it was meant to be right from the very beginning. Thursday, that night in the garden, shows us the height of Jesus' humanity. Good Friday, and Jesus' submission to his death on the cross shows us the height of his divinity. Jesus had to die physically so that we could live spiritually and not die. He willingly offered his physical life so that we, you and I, could have eternal life. Hebrews 12.2 says, Who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame. So what was the joy in that scripture that's referred to? Well, I believe I know what that joy is. Greg Vaccaro, you're that joy. Yes, you are. Joey, you're that joy. John, I have to pick a woman now so that I don't look like I'm only picking one. (laughs) Barbara, you're that joy. Holly, you're that joy. You see, for the joy set before him, you're the joy. You're the joy. And though our sins put him on that cross, he went willingly. No one can, he said, no one can take his life. See, he looked in the future and he saw you and me. And he knew we would be with him forever. And that work was completely and finally finished at the cross. His goal was to offer himself as a sacrifice to his father so you would, ha- would not have to ever be separated from God for all eternity. And that work, again, was completed at the cross. Not only was he about to be united again with his father, but he knew he would be taking everyone who believed him in him right along with him. That was the goal. You see, if your focus this time of year, this weekend, is mainly on or 
primarily on an empty tomb, you may very well, you may very well miss experiencing the intimacy with Christ that he wants you to have. There has never been, nor will there ever be another time, another day, another moment like the one we celebrate tonight. All of humanity was and still is dependent on the fact that Jesus went to that cross. Of course the grave couldn't hold him. But the key thing was he had to get into the grave. He had to willingly die to be our sacrifice in order to take away our sins and open up this gates, the gates to heaven for you and I. Last, last Sunday, Steve Hamas had a wonderful message. And he showed how the head of this group of centurions recognized that Jesus was God after he witnessed the events that went on. He was amazed He was overwhelmed with emotion by the happenings of that day. You know, if you know anything about centurions and what they did, you know that it would have taken an awful lot for him to come to that place. How much more, though, should you and I be amazed and overwhelmed with emotion by what we're celebrating tonight? And sometimes we don't put that word together with Good Friday, but if we would ever celebrate a day or a happening, this is it. Probably not a word would be better to describe this night, this day, than to celebrate it. See, the other centurions, the ones that weren't that individual, they were probably three feet from that cross the cross that the Savior of the world was hanging on. But to them, it was just another crucifixion, another day at the office. They were more concerned about other things, getting clothing and what have you, things that mattered nothing compared to what was happening just a few feet away. It's so important that you and I never, ever become indifferent about this amazing day of wonder, the day and moments that define the internal future of all mankind. This is truly a day of celebration, a day of gratitude, a day like no other day that has ever been or ever would be again. So I have a question tonight. Is this how you, and I ask myself, is this how I see Good Friday? Is it a day of wonder for us? Is it, a day, is it a day like no other day? Do we have this unspeakable joy of this event that gave us salvation, that assured those of us who would acknowledge Jesus would have eternal life? As I close, well, let me rephrase that. As I start to close. By the way, just so you'll know, uh, the if you think this is some life form revelation for me. So coming up to this message a while back, I was thinking about it and I mentioned somebody, I don't know who it was. I said, you know, it's a night, you know, we're going to keep the lights low, uh, which I had them up and they came down again, but I was going to keep the lights low. It's a solemn night. But I, so I started to pray, obviously, as I should, when I'm going to do a message. And as I prayed and as I heard from the Lord, and as I started reading and studying and digging into some, some uh, you know, books and, and uh, some classical writings about this night, 
oh my goodness, I started to really come into to focus on, I have so much of my time this weekend focused on Sunday that it's so easy to let Friday kind of slip by. And I realized that Sunday is impossible without Friday. Christmas needs nothing without Good Friday. When Jesus said, it is finished, he really meant it is finished. Oh, there was going to be more. I mean, him raising from the dead was unbelievable. And, and visiting with the people and people coming out of Greece, it was all awesome. But everything came to a conclusion on that Friday when it was over. The battle for souls was over. Jesus won. Jesus won. Satan was forever defeated. So that's my challenge to us as Christians. I'd like you to leave here tonight with some additional sense of the the sacredness, the, the wonder of this night. And then I hope you throughout the year, as I intend to do, is revisit the meaning of this night over and over, when Jesus gave out communion, which we're going to take in just a few minutes, he said, do this. Do this as often as you remember me. Do this in order to remember me. That was what he left them with. That is what he wanted them to repeat over and over again so they would never lose sight of the importance of this day, this night. So here's a question I have. And this is a question for a very select group of people, perhaps here tonight, perhaps out there. And it's a very important question, especially based on everything we just talked about. And it's this. Let's put up that question. This is a good question. Have you ever accepted Jesus as your Savior? See, this is the question for this select group. Are you possibly like those Roman centurions? They were only three feet away from Jesus, but they didn't acknowledge who he was. They didn't know who he was. They were so close to the one that could have changed their lives forever. And if that's you, if you've never acknowledged Jesus as the true son of God, who offers you a new life, a new beginning, See, would you be like that captain of the centurions? The one who comes to recognize at that moment that Jesus truly was the Son of God? Could that be you tonight? I hope so. Would you like to acknowledge that Jesus truly is who he said he was? Because if you do, your life changes tonight in ways that you won't be able to understand until you make that step. And you know how you know that step is so real? Because it's so hard to take. I ran for six months when I first heard the gospel and somebody asked me if I would accept Jesus. Six months. And when I finally made the decision, I wish to God, literally, that it had been six minutes. I wasted six good months. So if there's that battle going on inside of you right now, whether you're here or there, let me tell you something. Here's the battle. Should I give in to that invitation? No, 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 no. What am I getting into? What am I doing? That's the battle that tells you something good's going to happen here. It's the most important decision you will ever 
make in your life. It will have the most impact on you that any decision has ever had in your life. And you will soon after making it realize that it was the best decision you've ever made in your life. At Shiloh, we have open communion, so anyone can participate, but it is really meant for those who understand what they're doing. They understand that we're celebrating this son of God who suffered the most horrible, inhuman way to die. Many believe it is the worst form of death you can suffer with no sin. He did that for you and for me. So though we have open communion, if you don't know who Jesus is, or if you know who he is, but have never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, I pray that tonight as you take this communion, now, if you're here tonight and you don't have a communion, uh, this little cup, would you raise your hand? We're going to make sure you get one. Is there anyone here that does not have one? We have one back there, another one, another one. We have three. Anybody else? Three, four. Okay, guys, hustle, hustle. We got three over here. Come on, Kevin, you're young. Get those legs moving. Anyone else? Keep your hand up, please. Got over here, too. All right, now if you're at home, can I encourage you to go find a piece of bread, a cracker? Um, you know, you can get, uh, get water. It doesn't really matter. It's the, it's, the, it's the intent that counts. But as we receive communion tonight, I want to encourage those that don't know you, Lord. I'm encouraging you tonight to listen to how I'm going to pray for this communion. And I want you just to agree with me. And if you do that, if you agree with the prayer I'm going to pray, then I will tell you this, you are a Christian. Now you need to tell somebody, so I'd love you to tell me or tell someone else you know that's a Christian, but when you agree with this prayer, there's no magic formula. It's not difficult. You don't go through a bunch of classes. It's a moment in time when you say, yes, Jesus, I, I believe you are who you said you were and that you did what you did on that cross for me. Let's take the bread. So, Father, I come to you tonight in the name of your son, Jesus. And, Lord, I believe there are some here right now that you determined would hear this message or come here tonight. They know of you, but they've never given their life to you. They've never made you Lord of their life. They've never said, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I need you. Lord, you don't clean your fish before you catch them, old saying. But Lord, you don't care how sinful they are. You don't care what they've done. You don't care about any of that. All you care about is that you love them and you want them to come and be one with you. So right tonight, Father, those that are out there saying, yes, I believe that, Lord, I know that you are faithful and you hear the cries of those who call out this sacred prayer to you. So as we take this representative of the body that was broken so brutally for us tonight, Lord, draw those, draw those into the family that you have determined that tonight is their night. Let's take together. And Father, for those that are making that decision tonight, Lord, there's a, there's a real sense of 
of wonder that you would go and be beaten and bleed down a cross for us. You who knew no sin, that you would do that for us so that we could live eternally with you. Lord, this isn't about having a good day or a good month. This is about eternity. And Lord, those tonight that are accepting you, that are saying, yes, Jesus, they want that eternal life. And they are now for the first time seeing that this grape juice or this water or whatever they have, or if they have nothing and they're just agreeing with the prayer, Lord, this is the blood you shed for them. And we just thank you for that. And we thank you that as they believe in this sacrifice, that they find their peace and their wholeness in you. Let's receive together. You know, when you come up here in an evening, you have a message to give, you never know what's going to happen with that message. But the prayer I always have, the prayer the elders always have is that someone that just heard that here or there, that this is your night. September 6, 1975 was my night when I knelt by my bed. And I will tell you, if you had told me where my life would go after that, you know, I would not have believed you in a million years. It's not that salvation always gives us everything we want, but it gives us hope, gives us peace in the midst of the storms. So I want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer with me, if you agreed with that prayer, would you please come up? We have a book we're going to give you. And where's the book? Oh, there you go, Greg. Thank you. So if you come up, We'll give you one of these. If you go out, we should have some by the door. Billy, can you make sure there's some out by the door? And we'd love you to have one of these if you're at home. Here's my, my email, ed at shilohcommunity.church, ed at shilohcommunity.church, or call the office. And here's what I'll do. If you get one of these books and you're saved tonight, this is your night, I'll walk through this book with you. Love to do that. If you take it on the way out, please there's a little card in here. Make sure you fill it out or just call the office. This night can be a great night. The best good Friday you've ever had. And that's our hope. So as you leave tonight, I hope that you can sense along with me how unbelievably, how unbelievable, amazing what we get to celebrate this night. And I hope that Good Friday is never the same for you again, because it will never be the same for me. So Father, thank you. Thank you for for this amazing plan that you had that makes no sense in the natural, but boy, Lord, does it make sense in the spiritual and the eternal realm. So thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your obedience. Please bless our time this weekend as we gather with friends and family and let us know that as we rejoice at your resurrection, Lord, we are blessed that you went the root of the grave to save us and to give us a life to live eternally with you. In your name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Happy Easter to you all. God bless. If you need prayer, please come up. There'll be people up here that can pray for you. And don't forget your book.